Welcome to the Dividend Cafe weekly market commentary focused on dividends in your portfolio and dividends in your understanding of economic life. Hello and welcome to today's COVID and Markets podcast brought to you by Dividend Cafe of the Bonson Group. This is David Bonson and I am bringing you our Thursday missive. The market is closed. We have a bulk of our uh, reporting data and I'm going to give you all the update that I can and welcome all of your questions, thoughts uh, at COVID at the Market dropped 80 points today. It was down at one point about 200 and rallied over half of that back in the final hour of trading. Uh, S&P down a little bit. NASDAQ was actually up. Um, but this morning, the weekly jobless claims came in below 1 million. It was 963,000, so just a tad below a million. And this was the first time since the COVID moment began, and it was well below the 1.1 million that was expected. Um, continuing claims came in at 15.5 million, which was down over 600,000 from last week. So the numbers are not good, but they are getting better, and they're getting better more than expected. So two parts of good news, one part of bad news there. A good trajectory, a lot to be thinking about. Um, listen, there's a, a good portion of the content today at covidmarkets.com centers around some more discussion on, on herd immunity. And there's a lot of reports out there. There is a, uh, a paper that I make available for those who request it, um, the, a new medical journal on the subject. And it's not something that I think is a deep dive is not something I think would be appropriate in covidmarkets.com, where, of course, my focus is primarily on uh, the impact of the COVID moment into uh, markets, investments, and the economy at large. And yet, I do believe that there is a broad construction of the conversation that's useful for people to have. And essentially, there's this sort of controversy or disagreement, differing opinions as to where the herd immunity threshold may be reached. And by herd immunity, we mean that point at which it is spread enough that it sort of stops spreading and 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 there um, is a camp that believes that number is upwards of 60%. There's a camp that believes it is much lower um, based on the fact that there is uh, T-cell immunity um, that is already in place for an awful lot of people who have built up a sort of natural resistance. Um, and in fact, uh, University of Oxford study arguing that there's people who have developed an immunity from past coronaviruses, including ones that cause the common cold. And so I am not going to pretend I know the number, and I'm not sure any of the expert experts know the number. I've been incredibly impressed and learned a lot from the research of Nobel laureate and Stanford professor Michael Levitt, um, but, but there's plenty who would disagree with his research as well. But I think that the issue um, in his forecast around excess mortalities as a means of being able to evaluate where the trajectory of the COVID data is going. And as you see the decline of excess mortality as compared to normal patterns and trajectories, um, you have to sort of question what some of the causation may be. So regardless, Dr. Levitt's placed the threshold at 15 to 20%. And the reason I bring it up is not um, to establish that that is where herd immunity exists. Uh, it is to establish that um, the threshold for an infection rate is important 
because we do have some states with infection rates that are indeed quite high. And you have a hard time establishing causation, but at least looking for various correlations is very useful in evaluating where we're headed from here. You look at the current infection rate in New York, it's over 20%, Texas over 20%, Arizona near 22%, Florida over 20%, New Jersey over 21%. There's 13 states that were previously considered hotspots that right now are projected in the modeling that has been done by a number of different uh, sources to have infection rates somewhere between 15 and 25%. And so you want more information and more data to continue informing our understanding of both the infection rates and the herd immunity thresholds. But I do believe this subject, as boring as it may be for some, including myself as a non-medical, non-scientific guy, um, considered to be one of the most important aspects of a proper COVID understanding. Uh, in terms of that question, by the way, about testing dropping off and there being states that are trying to figure out why and what results are missing and, you know, all kinds of lumpy things going on out there that are really very, very frustrating. I believe that this quote from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services was very helpful and struck me intuitively as rather astute that, quote, the drop is likely multifactorial. There are less cases and therefore less need for testing cases and contact. We are also not working through backlogs anymore, which previously had artificially inflated the tests performed. Demand for testing is down, and that is probably appropriate. Finally, we believe that more testing is being done in non-CLIA uh, environments and likely not being reported to the system because, uh, end quote, because there are some environments where testing can be done that do not get reported and end up in the daily HHS data. So, I am totally open to any number of theories as to why some of the testing is down, but I still believe that Occam's razor suggests that there's less testing because there's less symptoms, therefore less infections, therefore less spread, and therefore the less testing, um, although it may be frustrating to not get the lower positivity rate that a higher denominator helps you get, is nevertheless to be expected in a situation where, in fact, there are perhaps less people that are getting sick. Um, there's a bunch of, remember I talked last week about uh, Governor DeWine in Ohio testing positive and a couple hours later testing negative, and now apparently a big hubbub, and it's been covered at Variety and at uh, Hollywood Reporter and all these things, that uh, uh, something like 10 members of Will Smith's production crew had all tested positive and then were negative the next day or day after. So I, I would report all the information I can on false positives if the information was available. You just don't hear about it unless it's a famous person. There's been athletes, Hollywood stars, governors. Um, and obviously, I think most of us would assume that there are also false positives that take place in, you know, like the rest of the country. But I can't report on it if I don't know about it or hear about it. So there you go. Uh, over 880,000 tests done today. However, my understanding is that a big portion of those, uh, 120,000 were a big catch-up number in the state of Texas. The total positivity rate, only 5.8%. So I said I wanted to see us at a six handle uh, by the end of this week, and we are not averaging yet the six handle because there's all of that lumpiness from missing reporting and so forth. But right now, positivity rate down to 5.8. Um, 
it, it, it right now takes an incredibly incorrigible student of what's happening with COVID in our country to not conclude that the vast majority of the data is trending in a very positive direction, particularly in those troubled states. Florida, uh, Arizona doing the best of the troubled, Florida behind it, California behind that, Texas behind that. So um, I will go ahead and, and leave us there. Still stalemate with public policy in D.C. Uh, the House Democrats seem right now to actually not be as focused in what they're messaging in the public uh, on a particular part of the package. Like, hey, we really need state aid or we really don't want a liability protection, although they're saying that too. But where the line in the sand appears to be is just the, the gross size of it, the, the aggregate package, they want something around the three trillion level and the White House is saying they want something at the one trillion level and um, everyone's digging in heels and, and in the meantime, uh, life goes on. So we'll continue monitoring that. Uh, as I am sitting here recording, the futures are up about 30 points or so. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. They've only been open for 45 minutes. Uh, big night ahead, big day ahead. Looking forward to the week ending. Looking forward to Dividend Cafe tomorrow, Friday. And looking forward to answering any of your questions you may have. We are here for you. Thank you for listening to COVID and Markets of the Bonson Group. The Bonson Group is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free risk. There is no guarantee that the investment process or investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. The Bonson Group and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the Bonson Group and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor for any related questions.